Welcome to episode 114 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. If you're new to the podcast, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'd also love it if you could leave a rating or comment about why you enjoy the show. Your comments and ratings help new people find Stageworthy. If you want to drop me a line, you can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at PhilRickaby, and my website is PhilRickaby.com. My guests this week are actor Amelia Gordon and director Wes Berger of Criminal Girlfriend's presentation of the world premiere of George F. Walker's Fierce, on now at the Red Sandcastle Theatre in Toronto. What is fierce? Who wants to tell me what fierce is? Like the definition or the play? No, I know the definition. <laughs> I've read about the definition, but what, what, what about, what's the play? The play? Well, maybe maybe you'll be better at talking about it than spelling it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm busting balls. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm we so are sorry. I know. I recording. knew. So, I shouldn't have said it. No, 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 because now we have to go into okay, it. Okay, we're, we're going to go into it a little happened? bit. Well, George know, was way more empathetic about, about it than so I was. You're so nice about it. Yeah. You're just being a real jerk okay. in front of everyone. You tell the story. Um, <laughs> so Fierce, is uh, it's a two-person play, two-woman play. I think we need to stop before... But it, okay. And, okay, I, okay. and we've been rehearsing a lot. Okay. And, and okay. you know, there was a, a poster. I'm, I've done the poster, so... and. We wanted to do a Facebook ad, so I was like, oh, I gotta do it, we were gonna go run lines, and I just finished work, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do this real quick, and then I sent it out to everyone, being like, here it is, everybody, here you go, check it out, and Wes writes back, going, yeah, so the title of the play is spelt incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, the problem with that is, like, you can't change the event name. No, 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 it was, it, was, it was a pre-one that I had done, so I can change it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But then I wrote back being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, this is so embarrassing. And then George, Mr. Walker, wrote back to me being like, it's okay, I spell it like that half of the time, <laughs> especially when I'm tired. And I was like, I was like, okay, okay, thank you, George. My director was just like, you spelled it wrong. That's, so, that's, so George F. Walker says it's okay that you misspelled it. With in the context of our close, yes. our production team knowing that I spelled it wrong and sent it out to them, okay, not out not, into not the public. Like, the if that was the case, you're out. Oh, right? yeah, I would like, be out a long time yeah, ago totally, if that was yeah. the case. Okay. You know, I have yeah. back. I have checkers. A couple of them. You know, spelling checkers. Yes, really? like, yes. I am not a. Like I am no. not a great speller. Not a great speller. Yeah, it's you know okay. that's just my life. That's okay. just who I am. I I've feel bad. To deal with I feel bad now. No, 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 I feel. No, 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 but, but I did Good. just to be to be you did to be throw clear. Her under the bus. I did so throw okay her under the you, bus. You feel bad in public, but yeah. I, I did not say yeah. So it's spelled incorrectly. I I just said very you know factually the title is spelled incorrectly as is the hashtag. <laughs> Oh, it actually was spelled three times, twice incorrectly, once correctly. Hey, so that's it like was, two uh, out of three. I'm okay three with that. That's, that's pretty you good. Are. There you go. Um, I think that's a pretty good deal. So, now that I've sidetracked everything with this story, <laughs> so Fierce is a two-woman two show. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the cat violently attacks you. 
Uh, Cat is also fierce. Getting the hook. Cat is kitty. extremely fierce. Um, <laughs> so what is the what is the story of fierce? Um, I would have to say the story of fierce without giving too much away is uh, about two women in dire situations realizing and accepting that they both need each other to continue on. Okay. I would say that. <clears throat> That's like a thematic description. Yeah. Sure. In terms of a uh, story, um, the the character that Amelia plays, Jane, um, uh, has found herself just recently released from jail mm-hmm. for, for a sort of self-destructive and potentially destructive to other people act that mm-hmm. she's done. Yeah. She's in a, she's in a therapist's office. And uh, she needs to get the all clear from the therapist, uh, or else she's going to be sent back to jail. Okay. So, yeah. so it's a it's a therapist and a patient. That's how they start, at least. Mm. And where they go, like with a lot of George's plays, it's it's a real wild ride. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah. Now, this is a, a premiere of a George F. Walker play. It is. Yeah. Okay. So I have to production. ask how that came about. Um. Well. Um. I think. Uh, Amelia would should, should answer that right because this is yeah this the story is um, George did uh, a workshop basically where you could go and work with him for a week on his plays um, as an acting workshop and I saw it and I think it was the, it was the very first one and um, I applied and I got in and then uh, Marisa Crockett she also applied and got in and so there was about eight of us mm. there and I think it was just the first people that applied the first eight people um and so we did this sort of week-long workshop and we just sort of connected on the first day as as people um over this woman talking badly about vancouver (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i'm from vancouver i really don't appreciate you talking about vancouver that way i really actually like the city thank you very much and she sort of like made eyes with me and was like Oh my god, this this fun. And I was like, oh, friend, huh? And then George was talking, he sort of mentioned something about a two-hander that he Mm -hmm. had for women. And I just, we were talking about it, and I was like, we just sort of went up to him and was like, hey, can we read that two-hander? Like, we kind of want to do a living room series, and could we read it? Just maybe living room? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. And got his Kate, um, his daughter Kate to give it to us, and we started reading it, and we really liked it. And then we sort of we're just like, let's ask George if we can do it. Mm. And so we asked George if we could do it. And he was like, yeah, go ahead. You can nice. do it. And then it sort of just like rolled from there of being like, we want to do it in our living room. Well, now we kind of want to do it as a like production. Now we want to, we want to do it in a theater. And then mm. it kind of went through a couple different stages until finally, um, we had a producer and then we, uh, went out and then she left and then we got, um, Kate Walker, George's daughter mm-hmm. on board, mm-hmm. um, who, as our, one of our producers. And then Wes came on board with the recommendation from George. And mm-hmm. so that's sort of how like the team all came together. Mm-hmm. And from that, we were like, okay, well, let's get a space. And we booked a space and then it just sort of all steamrolled from there. Yeah. 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 Very cool. It's been, yeah, it's been, so that happened like last April. So it's been, you know... So it's kind of a whirlwind sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it really has, because Amelia says last April, but really, this this really kicked into gear in uh, December. Dece- yeah, I'd say beginning no. of oh, December. Yeah, so we had really our first whirlwind. reading as a team in mm-hmm. December. So yeah. in, in, in 
in theater economy, I think it's it's it came together very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, just to refer back to your question too about it being a first production, one of George's plays. This is um, this is the fourth first production of his that that I've directed. Okay. So we we've been collaborating pretty closely about the last like four and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. I um I directed his play Criminal Genius at a a. a for a company called Lindisfarne Theater Projects that used to be uh, out of uh, St. Catharines, Niagara Falls. And then um, he came the following year to direct uh, a new play of his, and I was his assistant director. And I ended up replacing an actor in the show and also acting in it. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, this will be the fourth first production of his that, that I directed, and I, I've also acted in three so it's so it's been like you know i've basically been immersed mm. in his work for the last like four years that was your nice. master plan my master plan <laughs> oh yeah right thanks a lot that, that, okay that's fair that, that's fair we're even now I <laughs> no think spell we're plan even. <laughs> <P-E-L-A-N>. <laughs> very good um, yes. actually man that it, oh, that i did have um yeah, there was a, a, it's a, no, that was not my master plan. I did not <laughs> I believe fine. it or not, I did not want to come in four days before first preview no. and have to learn a part and replace an actor. That is that's absolutely not, not. That doesn't sound like so much fun. It's not ideal. It uh yeah, it ended up uh, being okay, but it was uh you know, every time you know, every time I've worked with George it's a real adventure, but that was a real adventure. Mm-hmm. It was like a yeah. good way to sort of you know, set the tone and, um, yeah, I mean, I always, he's always been my, my favorite playwright, you know, the playwright who I love studying in school sure. and I acted in his play better living when I was in university. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's been really amazing to, to get to do all these new plays, these yeah. first productions and just a, just yeah. an incredible honor. Cause I don't know if you know, but he, um, he directed all of his uh, Canadian first productions for like 25 years. Mm. It's only in the last few years that he's he's started backing off of uh, directing. So yeah, we wanted him to direct, and he was like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't want to direct. I don't." His, I mean, I would love to ask him, but what's his, does he, is he just like tired of directing and he just wants to write or? He just, yeah, he just doesn't. <laughs> he's tired of directing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's like, I'm 70. I don't want to. He's do tired this. of directing. Even even in this process, you know, there's times when he'll come in and be like, oh, like, I can't take any more of this and, and <laughs> really? leave. Yeah, it's really great for my for our <laughs> no, but it's No, it's, it's, it's good, though. That's something he actually taught me as a director that, that sometimes it's, it's good for a director to go. You know, that, that sometimes you have to, like, let the actors work something out on mm. their own or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not mm. not have them be too dependent on you. Sure. Um, but I think yeah, I mean he he for twenty I don't know for like twenty five years he directed tons of his own stuff. He, yeah. You know he directed all of the suburban motel plays. Right, right. Six plays at the same like time. Yeah. yeah time. Can and you place. imagine yeah, <laughs> what yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be like? So uh, yeah, but it, he's very um a, he's a collaborative part of the pro- process. Like he'll come in, he'll um. Today, for instance, he came and watched a run, and the run was was a good one, and he saw something in the play and changed the beginning of it. Oh shit! Another yeah. time, he, he's come in and changed the ending. Mm. You yeah. know, it's 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 a very live process. He'll sure. he'll he'll keep uh, changing things. He writes specifically to the actors he's working with too. Yeah. It's um, yeah, and he because he just he hears it out loud, right? Yeah. He, like he's like, this doesn't make sense now. This doesn't make sense in this version that I wrote versus sure. the version. You know, I wrote yeah. two months ago, or and well, then he'll a, change it. As a playwright it. myself, like 
the value of hearing something read out loud, like as soon yeah. as possible and as often as possible every time you do a draft because you things don't click until you hear it. And then it's different when you see it. You're hearing it and seeing yeah. it. And then it's like, oh, now I this through line doesn't work. And also when it's like committed to mm-hmm. and like yeah. you're not just reading it, but you're really like yeah. feeling it and you're in the shit of it, mm-hmm. then that changes it as well. Yeah, yeah he's uh, particularly for, for a playwright, you know, of all the playwrights I've known and worked with, he, he changes things like um, his play Dead Metaphor, which already was published and already had had productions. I, I did it in um, at Theatre Aquarius. And uh, he, for this this one actor who was playing like my mom in the play, Catherine Fitch, she's a great actor. And he he wrote on her. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote a huge speech that hadn't been in the play before. You know, that's a play yeah, yeah. that's theoretically finished. <laughs> for another player, it would be finished. It's been published. It's had a production already. Well, that's already. the thing is a lot of times when something is, is published, you feel like, oh, I can't. Yeah. <clears throat> it's done. I can't, I can't adjust it. Even though I know for myself, like if something is still in performance or I'm performing it myself or whatever, you sort of, you tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. Tweak it. And then as soon as it's written down, you're like, well, that's it. Yeah. 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 That's, but that's, that's definitely his attitude that it's always like a mm. work in, work in progress, which also I think really serves actors. Cause mm-hmm. you, you don't, you don't feel like when you're working with him that it's like there's some, thing that you have to fit you, you know he he wants you to uh sort of um honor the characters for sure right but also it's not like there's some abstract notion he has in his head like he was as you know a, a mentor to me as a director yeah you know he he was very clear about that and it, it taught me a lot right he said you don't direct the play in your head you know you direct mm. it off of the the people in front of you very helpful sure you know so it wasn't like he's like because otherwise the mm. actors will feel like they're they're never pleasing you, and then yeah. they'll just try to please you. you know, it's <laughs> funny because of, when I was in when I was in theater school, we had uh, a director um, who <coughs> was one of those I plan everything on paper before we even go into rehearsal. Yeah, actor, there'd be this complicated stuff, and actually get confused. You'd be like, "But it works on the paper. What's wrong with you?" Mm-hmm. And we'd just be like, "But it doesn't make sense. That's deadly. It's a terrible way you to work." Know, yeah, they're not marionettes. Yeah, you know? it's how can you get the most out of a person when you're you know treating them like a puppet? Yeah, it's, it's uh, so I think I don't know my my notion at least is that you try to like empower people. You create a a, a a place where they can be free, and then yeah. you know, then they take ownership of it. I think that was, a, and that was a really good like turning point for me, just because this the story of Jane, my mm-hmm. character, is one that is really like real, but also like very deep, very emotional. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, "Can I do this? Is this possible?" And Wes gave me great advice that he got from George as being like, it doesn't matter, like, the, exactly the same thing. Like, it doesn't matter who you think the person is in your head. Mm-hmm. You have to be true to the character. Right. You are the character. It doesn't matter what you think they should be or sure. who you think they are. But if you're true and you're honest and you're there and you're present and you're connecting with the other person on stage, right. then it, that all that stuff goes away. Hmm. And so yes. that for me was like a really like oh, okay okay fuck let's do well, it. Well, because I mean oh, it could be I swear? intimidating, right? No, fuck <laughs> okay. yes. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. fucking god. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the magic of the magic of the podcast, which means that we don't have to worry about somebody saying you can't say. Oh, thank god. Those fucking rules. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it. I was thinking about about 
you know, because George F. Walker is a name that sort of makes a lot of people Canadian theater, like, you know, well, it's a, you, you sit up. George F. Walker, is, you know. Famous Canadian famous playwright. Canadian playwright. So, and, you know, he's in all of the, you know, if there's a if there's an anthology of plays, there is a George F. Walker play in there. Mm-hmm. So, Amelia, is it intimidating to have him attend a rehearsal? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I think of him as like... You know, a mentor. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't put him on a pedestal. Mm. I do tease him a lot, which I think he <laughs> likes and also doesn't like. Mm. Um, today he didn't even. Uh, he was trying to very seriously today. He's no, talking about um the um the miniseries, the TV miniseries. Oh so, no, uh, no, Lonesome Dove. Okay, yeah. right. So he's watching Lonesome Dove off of YouTube and like right. telling me very seriously how it's great and, and you I should, should watch, watch it. it. And uh, Amelia's like, "Are you talking?" I was about- like, "Are you talking about City Slickers?" And, and he, he was, and, but he, but he was, he thought this is what happens. And I, I, I talk, and this is what I say. This and this is what people hear. And I'm like, "No, no, she was joking." And he's like, "No, she wasn't." And I'm like, "Yes, and I was." You were joking. I was like, "I'm joking." I was like, "It just said until like- I mediated that he didn't know you were making fun." No. <laughs> That's no, so, it's it's. I think when I first did the the um the workshop with him, I was like, oh my god, George Walker, yeah, and then yeah. I and then he just started talking, mm. and he's just so he's so down to earth and just real, and yeah. he just doesn't say a lot. It's not about bullshit. Sure. Like, and when he was giving us like coachings on the scenes that we were doing, he's just like, drop the fucking bullshit, yeah. and you're like. Okay, like this, is, you just want to be real, yeah. and like that's really nice. Like I just feel like he's in person. He's a person who's wrote a lot of plays, yes. and he stumbled into playwriting. Mm. So it's sort of something that he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a playwright. It's like it's just sort of something that happened in his life, sure. where he gets to tell these stories of you know sort of down and out people or people in the shed or blue collar, all those kind of things. Like he gets to tell those stories yeah. that don't necessarily get to be on stage mm-hmm. that we go and see. And so he's just, he's just real. He's a real dude. Mm. He's a real cool dude. He's a really cool seven-year-old dude. <laughs> he's like a seven-year-old yeah. man, yeah. you know? Like, he's grouchy yeah, and crotchety sometimes. And, like, he's also really, like, sweet and sensitive. And, sure. you know, like, he's, yeah. Nice. So I, you know, it's cool. It's the people was like, oh, George Walker. And you're like, no, yeah, but just, he likes it when you don't, like, put him on a pedestal. But that's so hard for someone. Like, like, <laughs> like it's all one of those just... things, that, like, when I, we got the email, and it's from Kate, she's like, you know, we do this thing, we talk to some people. If you're interested in talking to people, I'm like, sure, I'll talk to somebody. And I'm afraid that she's going to say, well, George will talk to you. And I'm like, ah, oh, what do I say to George? But, you know, I usually figure it out. But there's like, there would be the moment of like, oh, my God, you know, and that's just natural when you've seen his name on Everything. Everything. I know, me and my dad, we like, we connected over George F. Walker's mm. plays because we would read them and howl at like the realness and like the absurdity of like the characters, but we could also like identify them and you mm. see them in your lives. And and so I get to my dad's like, oh, I can't wait. Like, my dad is going to freak out. <laughs> like, my dad, I think my dad's going to fan, fangirl a little bit. Yeah. Like, they're going to be like, oh! It it is funny the the sort of whatever celebrity playwright thing sure. I saw in this this the first process I did with um with George the uh, the intern who specifically had kind of done it because she wanted to work with him her uh, her mother came into the theater and she was like mom this is George F Walker <laughs> George was like George is, <laughs> George is fine yeah 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 you do as somebody. 
I even hate to say it in his stature, you have to set that right away. You have to put people at ease, right? Because you can't be like, if somebody's going to start treating you that way and you're not comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you meet people who carry whatever kind of status and it's like, they like that. Sure. You know, like they, they, they want that and need that. Yeah. Like he's definitely the opposite of that. Like like he wants, he wants to talk to you like, like, like this, like yeah. two people, like th- that that stuff just gets in the way. Sure, yeah. and I've, I've talked to some people that you know you could tell that oh yeah they like right they yeah like yeah this, yeah they like this status they like this thing it's like an ego know? driven yeah yeah which is I think not him at all mm. no it's he tells a story about how like someone <laughs> if he's working on a on a place someone might have to go up to them up to him and be like you can't talk to that actor there. They're afraid of you. You can't like, you can't interact with them because they just like don't hear. They just like go like, George Fucker, George Fucker, George Fucker. Oh my god, oh my god, he's talking. To, he's talking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that one years ago. I had the I, I interviewed uh, Daniel McIver, who was like one of my theater idols. Mm. And I, I went. I think the first fifteen minutes, I was like, I everything that comes out of my mouth is just bullshit right now. Oh. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. And eventually. It was like an actual conversation, but for a while there, it was just like, Wes, one of the things that I always like to ask people about on the podcast is about uh, how they got into theater and why they do what they do. So um, I'm curious about as a director, um, where you, where you, how you got into doing this? Was this what you wanted to do? Uh, well, why did you choose it? I, I guess I'm I'm a director actor, and mm-hmm. how how I got into theater in the first place was I grew up in Niagara Falls, which had like no theater infrastructure. And uh, when I was uh, 17, just when I was finishing high school, my uh, grandmother saw like a posting on Rogers Cable. It was like a or McLean's, whatever it was. Sure. It had like a posting for a, a, a independent version of A Streetcar Named Desire. And my nana just knew I liked the play, so she, so she, uh, yeah, loved her very much. You know, I miss her a lot. She, uh, she said, "This is this is happening," and and I went and um, auditioned for it, and ended up getting like a small, uh, like a small part. I played Pablo, actually, one of the <laughs> card playing buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my dad's friend who was Guatemalan like record the lines in a, in his accent, <laughs> so I could <laughs> approximate a Spanish accent. <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it um, actually that production was um, sort of self-produced by Stephanie Jones, who ended up now she is uh, the first female uh, instructor at uh, the the neighborhood playhouse mm-hmm. or, or the Meisner Institute, one of those mm-hmm. two places yeah. in New York. And her husband uh, Jason Kedja, who's like doing great as an actor in the city right now, mm-hmm. they ended up running this this theater company. And Graham Abbey like played Stanley in that production. It was like this sure, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that turned me on to it, you know. And after just doing that, I applied to Brock for theater as like an elective. I thought I was going to be like an English professor or a lawyer or something. Sure. Um, but then once I started doing theater, I just got heavily into it. And then sure. by the time I finished, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't foresee doing anything else. What and, was your major at Brock? Uh, it, well, it, it started off as English yeah. and then eventually it was uh, dramatic literature and theater. And that's, yeah, that's all I wanted to do. After. Did, did, were your, was your family supportive of that, that shift into, into theater? Yeah. Yeah, they were. They, 
they're very live and let live about mm. it. And it's, it's interesting. My brother, who's a musician and uh, an actor too, has said to me before that he, he wonders if he would have done it if I didn't do it. Like mm. no one mm. in our family had done it. Now my cousin is a professional makeup artist too. So it's like, there's like a, a the, this generation of my family is, is, is doing a lot in the, in the arts. Sure. Yeah. But that, I had, it took a directing course in, in university and that's, I kind of, I kind of always thought once I started doing theater, I kind of always thought I wanted to direct. Like I would be mm. in plays as an actor and be like, "Why isn't the director doing this or that?" <laughs> Just like a know-it-all, know-it-all jerk of an actor. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. do that anymore, by the way. Any directors who are listening, but as a young. <laughs> You know, arrogant actor, I would do that. Now, when I'm an actor, I'm just so happy to be just an actor. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that we, that we all, when we are young, arrogant actors, we we fall into like, what is this fucking director doing? Like all this, like, what the fuck is going on here? What he doesn't know anything, and you end up like thinking that you can do it yourself or whatever. And sometimes, eventually, you grow out of it and you realize that you know nothing. Right. Or you're like, oh, I should try this directing. Thing. That's always a healthy place to start yes. from. Yes. Yeah. I do have one. I, I do like this one anecdote, though. This one, I'm not going to name any names, but I was directed one time by this director who totally stayed out of my way, which I love as an actor. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm going to make strong choices. You you help me if I'm off or something. But uh, he gave me a, a kind of a weird note. I thought he's like, hey, when you're doing this, just what if you stand with your hand like this and shift <laughs> like that, you know? Uh, stand with your hand on your hip and put your leg out. And I'm like, that's really weird. He, he doesn't normally say anything to me. And I was saying this and... it's because I was doing a a play that had actually been a movie at one point. So then later I watched the movie and realized that that's what the (laughs) character did in the damn movie. And I was like, really? You're giving me the movie blocking. (laughs) That's nice. nice. So uh, that, that was pretty funny, but yeah. So, so I, I guess um, the last several years I've probably been um, directing as much as acting, maybe even a little more. It's, it's a, it's nice. It's nice to do both. You use like totally different parts of your of your brain. It's amazing how many different parts of the brain go into this this business. Like I mm. like I did my first solo show a couple summers ago, and I wrote it and I performed it, and I figured this is going to be so easy to learn because I wrote it, <laughs> and it's so not because the parts of the brain that write it are completely yeah. different from the parts of the brain that need to remember it. And it's like, and you say at a certain point where you're like, who the fuck wrote this? And you're like, wait, I did it. Who's that? The asshole playwright. Someone get the playwright in here. It's it's funny. That makes sense to me, though, because it's like what you want, right, as an actor is the is the freedom to just let the language serve sure. you yeah but but the problem as the playwright you, you know you kind of you can be in your head yeah so yeah. so like it, really hard to get out of that and just put it in your body yeah, i imagine yeah. it was super um, hard <laughs> i had to come up with di- ways to learn this thing that i had never used before like wow. recording myself do it <laughs> and then like learn it that way it did you get so... sick of the sound of your own voice was eventually like i stopped to... really hearing my own that, voice because right. i was saying it along with it but um, I mean, I have to listen to my voice sometimes because of right. the podcast. So right. I'm a little less stressed about it. But I mean, I was like listening to my voice for like an hour at a time, say the same thing over and over again <laughs> until I learned it. Oh but, God! Yeah, um, Emilia. I, I mean, you and I have known each other for a few years. So, yeah, you know, haven't seen you since. No, Edmonton, Edmonton French. <laughs> like what? Like two thousand and. 12? Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, I, mean. I think it's 2012. You, you were doing... Uh, Progressive Polygamous. Yeah, with... Uh, with uh, Miss Pippa Mackey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into this theater thing? 
Um, <laughs> and also, how did you get from Vancouver to here? Oh, wow. Just all, so the, all, all the, the stories. Let's hit all the questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so I got into theater. My dad was in, did community theater in Courtney on Vancouver Island in BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't have a babysitter for me at the time. You know, young family. Didn't have a babysitter, didn't have mm. money for a babysitter. So he took me to rehearsal. And he was, I think he was doing jitters at the time. Okay. And he just plopped me in one of the seats and was just like, just watch us rehearse. And I was like, okay. And so I just like watched them rehearse and just afterwards. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, and then he got afterwards, we got back in the car and he's like, so what'd you think? And I was, he, I was like, I liked it. I liked this part when you said this and da da da. And, you, and then he did this, and then you said that. And then, and then he went over here and he did this. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, what he, did he do? It's like, well, he goes over here and goes around the couch. And then you came down the front and then you say this line. And then he would do this. And then he said this line. He's like, oh my God, she knows the play better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and yeah, I was like, yeah, that's what I remembered. And he's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to put you in some, like, community theater. How old were you at this point? I was probably maybe around, like, five or six. Okay. okay. Maybe around there. And I maybe, like, probably six. And I did my first, like, community theater show sure. when I was, like, seven. Yeah. Um, Carol King's Really Rosie. <laughs> Loved it. Who doesn't oh, love Really Rosie? Yeah. Was it Carol King? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like yeah. Um, And then it just sort of, like did community theater and got into that and like just made started making friends and was just in it and then I did like at junior in junior high and I had a drama teacher uh Karen Dawson who sort of just said to me she's like you know you could do this if you wanted to and I was like I am doing this she's like no no no, like as a career if you Mm. wanted to like Mm. I think you could do this and I was like you can do this as a career (laughs) (laughs) like that makes, like, uh, yeah, but... I, Liar. Oh. <laughs> you can't do this as a career. That's, that's, also, like... But that's such a rare thing for... I found for teachers to say. Yeah. Occasionally you find a teacher who, like, encourages somebody to go into the arts. But more times than not, I find... For myself, for example, if you mentioned that you wanted to go into theater or the arts to your guidance counselor at school, they'd be like, no, no, honey. You, oh, don't, I have, don't do that. Oh, I have that story, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that story. But even, Phil, even your, like, arts teachers? Arts like, teacher your drama teacher was like, don't do it. They were more of an English teacher who sometimes did uh, right. uh, theater. And, you know, they liked theater, but I don't think they really, I mean, they obviously, they didn't know what the life is like, and so they rarely... I went and told my parents. I was like, "Mom, Dad, like, I want to be an actor," and they're like, "Oh my God, she's gonna make less money than a waitress." Like, <laughs> oh, okay, Just, and, but but they were like, "She has a goal. She that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, she has a direction. Like, she has something that she's passionate about, yeah. and she's pretty okay at it." <laughs> I mean, I've gotten better, and they're like, "Okay, no, actually, you're you're pretty good." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's. And then I went to, I ended up going to um, Studio 58 at Langara College in Vancouver mm-hmm. and uh, did three years there. I got, I took a term off. They're like, go live your life. And I was like, but I do theater. They're like, yeah, go live life. <laughs> and then I came back and I was like grounded and like gone to Europe and it was good. And I actually got to um, do a show with um, Anthony Holland mm. before he passed away Um and it was really cool to like connect with him and and work with him. And he would he bug me so much. He'd be like, I'd come off and do a sh- the do- from doing my scene, and he'd be like, "You're really gonna do it like that?" <laughs> and I was like, 
Well, yeah, Anthony, I was thinking about it. He's like, well, you wouldn't get away with that when I was teaching this when I was at this school. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. Do you want your tea now? And he's like, yes, please. <laughs> and he was that for real? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, he was, he, he kidded with me, but I could take it. Mm. So it was nice. And then like, he'd be on stage. We were doing, you can't take it with you. Um, Robert McQueen was directing it, and uh, he forgot all of his props and his slippers and everything, and, he, and I was playing the maid, and he'd be like, Rita, can you go get me all of my slippers and paper and everything? And I'd be like, righto, granddad! And I'd like, run off stage, like, Anthony forgot all his props and things! Where are all his things? Give me all his things! And I'm like, right back on stage, and here's all your things. <laughs> yeah. But nice. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And then I stayed in Vancouver for a long time, about like 13 years I was there. Yeah. And then I got into my car and I drove across the country <laughs> and I ran out of money and I accidentally moved to Toronto. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> were you heading to a certain place in your car or were you just like deciding that you were going to drive until you ran out of money? I just kind of decided to drive until I ran out of money. I didn't That's really... That's a terrible plan. Uh, no, it was, it was just sort of a plan. It wasn't even it's a plan. Plan. It's, it's not, not a plan. plan. It wasn't a plan. I just, just, just I, for the record, we don't advise this. No, this isn't like <laughs> this is a terrible this idea. This is a terrible idea. Also, don't do it at the like the beginning of September, so you drive into winter. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, really after funny. like also being a West Coaster who like has never really experienced winter before, <laughs> and so like last year was my first winter, and last year was everyone's like was pretty mild, and I was like. Eh. Freaking so fucking cold! I can't dying and people were like it's not even that bad. I was like it's so bad. How did you do with the really cold winter here over Christmas? Or did you run away to Vancouver? I didn't leave okay. my house when that when it hit like my it was like minus twenty nine or something yeah. with wind chill or whatever. Like I was like no 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 no. I have all of the things I need in my house. <laughs> I had a little tiny room and I turned the heat up mm-hmm. and I was under my covers and like I didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it, like didn't nice. it just was like. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. Thanks. So, was there anything that made you to, that 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 encouraged you to decide that this was at you that you know once you got some money from your car to your for your car you didn't continue to drive across Canada or what was it that made you think that you just or decide to just sort of stay here? Um, honestly, one this doing this this play really did keep me in Toronto and oh, yeah. and meeting Marisa and. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, I was, you know, I was looking for that. I need to expand. I need to experience new places. I want to work in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I've had a, an amazing, amazing time in Vancouver. I, um, I have a couple Jessies and those are the, those are the Doras of Vancouver in which case you the, don't know. Which are the, the, the Tonys of Toronto. Of the Tonys of Toronto. Okay. <laughs> just so we're all aware. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had an amazing time. I have amazing community there. And I just want to see what else is out mm. there. I just, I want to explore more. I want to see more. And like Toronto has so much to offer. And I just feel like I've just seen like a tip of it. Yeah. And, you know, doing this, doing this, being a producer and also acting in it. Sure. It's, I've gotten to know so many more people and yeah. sort of meet the community a bit more. And like, that's really important to me. Yeah. Like, I love community and there's so much going on here. And Shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so and it's but it's not the center of Canada, just no, so we're all there. Right? 
course not. But you know, like Fringe also, Fringe was also a great way to to explore, you know, Canada. And I'm I just, sure. I wanted also to drive across the fucking country. How many cities did you do with the progressive polygamists? Uh, Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Portland, right. Montreal, we, uh, just for last festival. Okay. We went to Fort McMurray. Nice. We wow. it, We traveled all over. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And you guys... Kept getting along through the whole thing? Oh my gosh, we're still best of friends. (laughs) But it was that thing where we wrote it, Mm -hmm. and we had the, like, every show, every city we did, Mm -hmm. we always added something new. Okay. We always just changed it for ourselves, just to, like use our brains and like it was fun it was like a lot of improv and yeah. a lot of script and singing and cookies and buttons and fun times and sure mercy even eating grace you know they're close to my heart sure yeah. yeah, I mean, Fringe is good for 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 like getting out and seeing stuff that you wouldn't see anywhere else. Yeah, I've also had people like being like, "I recognize you. Did you do Fringe?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did Fringe like in two thousand and twelve, like eleven. I think yeah. eleven. I, we were here." Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, I recognize you." I was like, "Progressive polygamist." They're like, "Oh my god, yeah, the Mormon show. Like, yeah. oh, I remember that." And so it's it's cool to meet the community who also like remembers us. Or remembered that show, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I have a K once in a while because you know I don't. I only shave the beard for for Keystone stuff, but occasionally yeah. somebody be like, "Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, to like block. Were you the last man on Earth? Yeah, yes, yeah. So it's always it's always fun when that happens. Yeah. Um, what is one of the things that surprised you about uh, uh, Toronto? The garbage smell. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Actually, the 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 heat. Mm. It's I couldn't. The humidity. The yeah. humidity. Yeah. Like. Also, I'm so used to having ocean around sure. that like you can go and just jump in and get cool. Mm-hmm. So that was for me was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um. What was something else that surprised me at Toronto? Yeah, the cold. <laughs> like you're like it's cold. I'm like uh huh. I can handle it. And I was like oh no, it's like. It's really cold. There are colder places. Absolutely. You know, if you were in Edmonton for a winter, I'm sure that you would find. Oh, I'd probably place. die. <laughs> I'm a I'm a very tender West Coaster. Okay, <laughs> I like to be in the trees, and I can handle the rain. Yeah. I when it rains here, I do have to admit, I love it. It's like this, like hearing the rain on the roof. I'm mm. like, oh, that's that's the gems for me right yeah. there. Like I'm done. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was surprising. I it was I it was a hard move. It was yeah. not easy. Mm. It was not an easy choice to stay. Mm. Going back to Vancouver was a it was a is like my comfort safe sure. zone. <laughs> so staying in Toronto had is I'm feeling like it's a it's a risk, but I feel like it's a good risk sure. and like think like you know close one door open another you know yeah. that whole thing. So yeah, that's that's where mm. I'm at. But I I'm like I, I'm getting. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but I'm liking Toronto more and more. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's funny, Phil. Like when when Amelia was talking about uh, you know her transition before, I almost said, but I'll say it now since yeah. you brought it up yourself. Like really, because um, she was on the West Coast just before she came back to do this, and she was pretty ambivalent. Yeah. Oh, you know? it, it was, and I could tell. Like when we first sat down together, I was like. <laughs> What's going on uh, with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we really ha- had a heart to heart, yeah, like, very early in the process. Where I, where I said like, you know, 
do you want to do this? Yeah. yeah. Like, are, is your heart 100% in this? Mm. And, and at that point, it wasn't. Mm. It, yeah. it wasn't. Unfor- yeah. Wow. And so we had a really, like, he's like, go and think about if you want to do this. Because this show demands you having full heart. Mm. And it's like taking it all in. And I was ambivalent. Mm. And then we had a heart to heart and I was like, okay, nice. like I'm, I'm in this. I am nice. in this a hundred percent, 110 fucking percent. Like I'm going there. I'm doing it. There's no reason I shouldn't do it. Right. There's uh, other than my own like stupid gremlin or whatever that is, whatever sure. that ego or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, like, made that hard choice, mm. and I'm very happy about it. I'm very yeah. excited to show the show and to showcase it and to have people come and watch it and mm. go on the ride with Jane and Maggie and yeah. this, like... It's a roller coaster. Mm. There's some there's some really tender, touching moments, and there's some really funny, fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have to say, mm. and it's also really cool because it's two women, mm. and it's not talking about. It's not necessarily about the men. In like, it's not about love, like the love of men, or you know, sure. it's about two women <clears throat> connecting. And right. our whole team, other than Wes and George, are women. We yes. have uh, a full team of women on board, and it's really cool. Just like I think with this whole like <clears throat> Me Too stuff mm-hmm. and everything like that, just to <clears throat> showcase strong women in the city yeah. and connecting and coming together and putting on something that's fierce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Yeah. This whole 40 minutes so far. Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, now, you guys are performing this at the Red Sandcastle Theater. Yes. Is there something that drew you to that theater? That's actually where we did the workshop. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of apropos. Mm. So it's just like, you know, full circle of like, that's where we met. Yeah. That's where we met George. That's where we asked him. That's where we met Kate. Um, and so it just, it seemed right. And it's also, it's an, a great intimate space. I was going to say, it's yeah. like, as far as intimate spaces in the city goes, it's really only second to the, well, the assembly is a little deeper. Yeah. You go deeper. So <clears throat> like it's, and a lot of people don't realize when they're thinking about it, how intimate it is. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like. Oh yeah, you're right there, honey. It's like you're, <laughs> I can sit on your lap. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Which is scary and wonderful at the same time. That, that's always as a as a director, you know, generally, but also specifically of George's work. That's always what I'm looking for. Mm. Actually, the last play of his that I directed was at the Assembly, mm. um, um, and that's you know I, I i want just like his writing yeah as little separation between the characters and the audience as possible sure. like like that's mm-hmm. that's how he writes mm-hmm. it's uh we're lucky enough to yeah. be able to put it in a space that this show in particular because it's just a two-hander it's just in one location it's essentially in real time mm-hmm. um yeah. it, it, it's served immensely by ha- by having a really intimate space like that, mm. so I, yeah. f- I feel like we're we're lucky to have a to have a space like, yeah, like this. Sure, we've so. been able to rehearse in it too. Oh, that's Mo- so good. Most of our rehearsals have yeah. been for, well. The first set we're, we're right here where mm. we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this room, <laughs> in this room, in, the, in my apartment, room, in my yeah. in my house, um, and then uh, and then we moved to the Red Sand Castle and have been able to work there pretty consistently. Yeah, nice. That's helpful. Oh, to be for sure. In the space like that. Yeah, it's definitely taken some of the like. Ah, about performing a show in a theater 
but it's it's like so good. Yeah. It's so good because yeah, yeah. it's intimate. It's small. We're putting it on like a nice. It's not. We're doing not not the traditional sandcastle setup. Yeah. We're doing a bit of a corner round. Nice. Well, Rosemary Doyle, who you know, who owned owns and runs the space she is she's really hands-on like mm-hmm. she can help yeah. she'll she'll help you move the risers however you want to she'll help you hang lights like i mean she's really yeah she can do everything yeah so. she's willing to like she doesn't have a vision of what that space looks like so like this the setup is not fixed so if you want to move where the audience goes you can move where the audience goes yeah which is something you can't always do in a space yeah there's yeah. a fluidity that, yeah um that that uh that's that's really good if you for this one i think yeah what we're we we aim to do it in a way that we can really pull in people as as close as possible yeah so that's, that's what we're working on uh julia y kim is our designer mm-hmm. and and she's she's sort of uh she she designed Oleana in the same space. That's oh, yeah, why yeah, I wanted yeah. to work with her. I thought mm. it was a really great design. My favorite design I've ever seen in that space. Sure. So w- once I saw that, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. she's going to really transform it. Just like on the drawings that she's given us and stuff like that. Mm. It's going to be really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, where can we find you both online? Uh, oh, <laughs> where? Where are you um, online? <laughs> personally? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I'm i on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have the Twitters? Do you have the, the uh It's the funny. My, my assistant director, um, Martha, <laughs> says that twi- I need to get Twitter. This is a generational yes. thing, right? Yes. She's she's 23, and she's like, that's what you need. This you need is the what Twitters people and the do. grams, my friend. You need the, Twitter, the Twitters and the grams. I got them. I got them. I got them all. You got it? Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding? on Facebook. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it weird? I have a personal email address, but that feels <laughs> odd to give in a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> But it's like it's. It, I think there's like there. It, it's almost like the you find people who are like, no, should I? And there's everybody yeah. else. There's other people who are like, yeah, I have everything. I've got Snapchat. Yeah. I've got Instagram. I've got Twitter. I've got a website. Yeah, I got all those things. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Amelia, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, I got a tw- I got a Twitter that's uh, what is it? It's uh, at Amelia with four M. So E M M M M E L I A. It's a lot of M's. Four of them. It's like you know. M's. So it's like. Amelia. Mm. <laughs> Amelia. Um, and that's also my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love Instagram. I'd mm-hmm. also ha- like to say that I've had Instagram for probably eight years now. Oh my God. Early, so, early like, I'm an her. early, I was like early into the Instagram before yeah. it became like really popular. I just wanted to like state <laughs> that. No, you gotta state that. You gotta, yeah. you gotta state your ground. I, yeah. was like a, I was like an early Twitter adopter. Oh, that's great. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. I know how that's like. It's that's, practically the same thing. It's practically the same thing. Yeah, except and Instagram's also, a little better. We also um, uh, started a, like a theater company called Criminal Girlfriends, which nice. we're a very... I love the name. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, right? Criminal Girlfriends. Name. So what's the what's the website? Uh, website is www.criminalgirlfriends.com. Nice. And that's where you can buy tickets, and it has all our bios and all that stuff up there. And awesome. Yeah. I designed it. <laughs> well, Amelia, Amelia, what can't you do? Yeah, you know what? I can't spell. Okay. <laughs> well, nicely done. Nice. Back to where we started. <laughs> Way to bring it full circle. No problem. That's what I'm good at. That. That's what I'm good at. Well, thank you so much, you guys. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. Thanks, thank you.